This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Today on the Luke Thomas Show podcast, UFC President Dana White made an announcement about Khabib versus Tony's location. We'll talk about it. He also did an Instagram Live with Kevin Ioli, the reporter from Yahoo Sports. We have the audio and also Dan Wetzel. He's actually one of my favorite reporters. I like him a lot. He wrote one of maybe the worst articles related to Khabib versus Tony that I've ever seen with two major fallacies in it that are driving me up the wall. We'll do our fight bracket and discuss some of the matchups and we'll talk to Patrick Ruby. He wrote a great article on what ESPN is trying to do and going to do without sports. The Luke Thomas Show airs weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Dana White, UFC president, joined Kevin Ioli, Yahoo Sports reporter, on uh, his Instagram. I'm not sure who did it first or what, but they spoke to one another. Now, with that being said, let's go through some of this, and I want to react to it. Number one, Dana says that Tony Khabib is happening on ESPN pay-per-view, and then gives some details about the old logistics. Let's see here. Khabib Tony is on April 18th. Why, why is he shouting? Like, we're, 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 we just started. Why are you shouting, sir? You can just talk normally. It's happening. April 18th is happening. Where are we going to go? Is it going to be in Abu Dhabi? Is it going to be in Russia? Do you know yet? I do, but I'm not ready to tell you yet. <laughs> you are a big teaser. I know lots of things. Logis- logistically, that's got to be a nightmare. I mean, what, what are the biggest issues now you face? Because not only is it tough moving a fight on short notice from where it was going to be, but now you have this global pandemic that's creating havoc with travel and everything. How do you overcome all that? Is, are people going to fly private? Um, yeah, th- those are all the things that we're still working on. Obviously, you know, every, every time we put on an event every weekend, there's all kinds of problems. Lots of things happen um, logistically and as far as, you know, Tons of different things happen. We figure it out. That's what we do. That's the business that we're in. And uh, we've been doing it for 20 years. We're the best at it. Um, and and we, will, we will get this thing worked out. This fight will happen on that date, on pay-per-view, on ESPN+. Uh, Plus. I want to make a confession to everybody here. So the, time, or the day is uh, the 24th of March. Can I tell you where my headspace is at? On this one, and I'm not telling you you have to think this way, but I'm going to tell you this is the way that I am thinking. I care so little about MMA right now, right? I don't mean in general. In fact, in general, far from that. I mean right now. Right now, as we are dealing with this situation, this global pandemic, and by the way, I want everyone to understand this. We have not even started the hard part yet, right? Well, you'll know the hard part has happened when people can't bury their dead because they're quarantined or isolated uh, and the hospital has to get the National Guard to help carry the coffins to the crematorium. And you're like, oh, that's exaggeration. No, it's not. That is exactly what is happening in Spain. That is exactly what is happening in Italy and other parts of Europe. And our inability, either if you want to blame federal or state or local officials, to get this done, we are headed exactly there. Now, every part of the country, I don't know certain parts of the country, without a doubt. Um, NYC is going to be turned upside down. And they're the worst case scenario for, this, for the country so far, but they will not be alone. 
Okay, And given what some of our leaders are saying on both sides of the political aisle about, yeah, maybe we can stop social distancing in two weeks. Understand what that means. Number one, that means a lot of extra people are going to die. And number two, what that means, they don't understand economics. Because <laughs> if you think you can overload your healthcare system and that people who might be allowed to go out are still going to be afraid to go out and that's going to magically fix the economy, they're just living in a dream world. Folks, we have not hit the hard part yet. I want to be I want to be fundamentally clear about that. We have not hit that part yet. So, I just cannot get excited about Khabib versus Tony right now. And I have been excited about that fight for as long as you have. I've done videos talking about Tony versus Khabib when I worked at MMAfighting.com. You can look them up. I've done them for everyone else. I've talked about this fight ad nauseum. It is not that I don't care, but in the way in which I am thinking right now as a person, and in what I am paying attention to and what I care about, that has got to be somewhere close to the bottom of the list. And if that makes me a bad fan, I don't give a flying F. Judge me. Judge me. Don't care. So that there's this obsession inside MMA that we have to get Tony versus Khabib or the world's going to end. Uh, especially on the day where the Olympics is officially canceled, by the way, officially, officially, official now, it is officially canceled, tells you what the moral priorities are of this industry. Not just the people in charge of it, but everyone else down the food chain. And of course, not everyone, I don't want to overstate that either, that's not fair. But that there's a lot of this going around, I find utterly reprehensible. Just just, I mean, not even in the appropriate headspace at all. So it's not that I don't want to see the fight. I, 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 what I want is for us to make the right decisions as a collective group and have the right kind of leadership in place to get us there and to follow public health recommendations and to get through this with as little damage to society and to our populations as possible. And once that is done, then I want to turn my attention to Khabib versus Tony. But until such a time happens... It's not what I care about. I, and if that happens, you know, Cobb, we have to have a discussion about this. I don't think we can altogether avoid the fight. Um, we probably have to give it some coverage. I will, I will do what's expected of me, I suppose. I, I, and I'm being dead serious. This is not some kind of moral grandstanding like I'm so much better. If they don't do appropriate COVID-19 screening for this, I honestly don't know if I'll watch, man. I'm being dead serious. I do not know. I, I'm not saying I won't. I guess it'll be a game time decision, and I'll do my job for SiriusXM, and I'll do my job for Showtime. I'll I'll give them what coverage they want, but I honestly just don't know if, in good conscience, I can watch it. I really don't. I really don't. And um, all right, we'll see about that when we get there. So that was Dana White saying it's on. Do they have a location? They don't. I'm of two minds. One, it might happen overseas. Two, it might happen on Native American territory. In either case, I want to see what the relevant athletic commission is, if there is one at all. I want to see if there is one at all. If there isn't one at all and they don't do COVID-19 screening, um, I mean, you can do your own judgment after that about what that would tell you. All right, so Dana was asked about UFC Brasilia ratings because they were not good. Let me guess, he's going to say they were great. Well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't have uh, cable TV anymore. A lot of people are just streaming. So, 
is uh, you have got to be. Is he really saying this? <laughs> oh, that is good. Famous people that have have regular cable or direct TV or whatever it is. <clears throat> so you're going to get two different numbers. And then when you asked me, you asked me the day before that fight what I thought the rate would be. Right. I said, I don't know what to think anymore. I said, 10 days ago, I could have told you, I could have answered any question you had. You know, it's, the world is such a different place than it was 10 days ago. So I, I, I don't know. Well, at least he doesn't say they were good. Zero sports competition and no one really tuned in. Oh, but remember... Uh, we as a society are being bombed by the Germans and living in London's tube, huddled together in this po- post-apocalyptic future. We need sports to rally the troops together to give us some comfort in these deranged times. Uh, you know, to 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 really get through this. And yet, it turns out there's really no truth to that at all. Not, I mean, yes, it is true that we need sports, but we don't need it in the way that they're presenting it. Kevin asks about, well, what about everyone else? There's television crews. If you do this show, there's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. What about all these other people from, if there's a commission involved, everyone else, what about them? If they're involved here, aren't they at risk? Here is Dana's answer. I guess what I, what I would be concerned about, and I guess what the average person who, who is questioning your decision, like I have no doubt that you can pull it off. So, you know, and I think most people who know you as well as I do know that you can get this thing done, even with the logistics, but that, you know, just, it's a global health situation. So other people are going to get sick, not just you. If it was just your health, okay, but it's other people's health that might be at risk. And, and what do you, how do you handle that? And how do you make your decision knowing that, you know, what you decide may have an adverse effect on someone else's health how would i decide everybody who's going to be involved in this thing is going to be involved because they want to be not because they have to I, I, first of all i would love to go piece by piece among ufc employees to see if that's true i would love to go piece by piece by uh espn employees to see if that's true and everyone else involved i think there's a lot of people yeah the fighters might because they want money but give the fighters money and then ask them if they want to do it you know, this idea that everyone, you know, wants to do it, I don't believe. Second of all, here's a better question. Who gives an F if they want to do it? You know what I want to do? I want to go watch movies at the movie theater. You know what I want to do? I want to go down to my local bar, sit at the end there, and have a nice, tall draft. You know what I want to do? I want to go to a Nats game when they start up in the season. You know what I want to do? I want to go to a DC United game. You know what I want to do? I want to be able to ride the Metro without fear of getting sick or endangering others. It doesn't matter what you want to do. It matters what you should do. What I want is irrelevant. To be here, they have to do anything. There's not going to be any fans there. This thing will be a closed event. And believe me. We didn't just start thinking about safety when the coronavirus popped up, okay? Health and safety is something, you know, this, these are things that normal businesses that are out there right now don't necessarily have to think of on a daily basis. Right. Health and safety is something we've been doing long before the coronavirus, and we'll be doing it long after the coronavirus is gone. <clears throat> um, this, is, this is just normal shit for us. Right, except it's not. You had UFC Brasilia, and you treated it like it was normal, and it wasn't normal. It was the very beginning stages of a global pandemic in the western part of the world. It's that, that, that is the entire problem here. Nothing about this is normal. 
I mean, you're having to find a territory you can't even announce. All the other events from after Brasilia up until 249 have been canceled or postponed, whatever. Uh, what about this is normal? Nothing. Now, what if he means is it's normal for us to find these challenges. Well, that part is true. But even among those challenges, this is not normal. This is not normal for anybody. And either you have the testing to do this kind of thing with effective triage centers to weed out people who might be sick and everything else in between, or you don't. Not normal. Nothing normal about it. Opposite of normal. Normal's over here. I'm making hands motions with my left hand. COVID-19 situation, I'm making motions with my right hand. Not the same. Not normal. Nothing normal, even close. Even for a company, and he's right, as nimble as the Ultimate Fighting Championship at dealing with you know these before. But you know, there's this question. It's like, dude, are you going to test for COVID-19? And not just once, multiple times if they're going to be there over the course of a week. Because what if you just test them the first day and then you don't get results for four days? Or what if you test them the first day and they have results within four hours and then somehow they get it from someone else later on? So what good were those tests? Like, it's just not, you can't do it. It's not safe. But they're going to try because it's the world we live in, I guess. Um, All right, so he is asked about uh, the Woodley Edwards fight being rescheduled. And uh, let's hear what he has to say about that. I'd be curious to hear that one. Is Woodley and Edwards going to be rescheduled? Yes. All these fights are being rescheduled. Once we get this Habib fight on, we're rolling, man. We're, we're, we're back in business and we're rolling. And like I told you earlier, everybody that's going to fight is going to fight because they want to, not because they have to. Um, is that apply to your staff? Like, in other words, if people on your staff say, hey, I'm concerned or I have an elderly person in my house, you know, they, do they have to do that? Yeah, they can do whatever they want to do. My, my staff are a bunch of savages, man. Let me tell you what. I, I got my whole crew together on, on, I think it was a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I said, listen, this thing is escalating, and uh, it was a week and a half ago. Anybody who doesn't feel safe, you guys can go home. You can work from home, you know, all that stuff. And uh, nobody nobody walked out. <laughs> nobody went home. My, my crew is a bunch of savages. It changed. Once they shut down the schools, right? Once they shut down the schools. Then, then a lot of my people don't have uh, childcare and things like that, so they had to be home for their kids. Let me see if I understand this. After two forty nine, if it ends up taking place, they're going to just resume. This. Let me look at the schedule now that I have this in front of me. All right, so let's do this. So UFC two forty nine. Let's assume that it takes place, which I find just unconscionable, but. Who cares what I think? Because that's just where we are these days. So after that, Cobb, it's UFC Fight Night Smith versus Teixeira. That'll be the 25th in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, of course, will it actually take place in Lincoln, Nebraska? I have no idea, but it would be the very next week. They've got to make up for the three fight, three events that they lost. But then after that, you have a card uh, that'll be UFC Fight Night Hermanson versus Weidman May 2nd, the very next week. So the way he's making the sound is, now we don't know where the hell these events are going to take place, but that they're just going to push through. Man. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I, I, don't, I rarely get speechless, but I am speechless. Must be nice to cover the NBA, you know? <laughs> it must be nice. People act normally. 
for the most part. Um, wow, that is shocking. Hmm. I'm not even sure what to say. That I find that so brazen and absurd. I I barely have words. Well, here's the thing. You know what's going to slow all this down, and God forbid. But if that there's some kind of outbreak inside of a gym, at an event, something like that, there's some kind of way in which it begins to spread inside. Um, and I've got this is not what I'm hoping for. I hope it never happens. But it just seems like you're tempting fate by doing this, by continuing to have this kind of uh, crossover with humans in inadvisable ways during the middle of a global pandemic. So keep that in mind. A lot of people are asking, are you going to drop the price of the pay-per-view during the uh, pandemic? So are people going to pay less for the pay-per-view during this pandemic? Tell you what, let me tell you how much money it's going to cost me to pull this thing off. Yeah, no, we won't be dropping. So no, they're not dropping the price. That's funny. Why would you? Um, He's right. It's probably costing him an arm and a leg to do it. I get it. Wow, man, I am floored by that audio. I, it's not. It's not often that I am at a loss for words, but uh, we have found a moment where it has arrived. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Let's do this. Dan Wetzel is a Yahoo Sports reporter. Uh, he did great work, not really in the Aaron Hernandez documentary, but um, on Deflategate, on the Aaron Hernandez story in real time. I like Dan a lot. I don't understand how the hell he could have written this. I really don't. He has a piece up today. says, this is the name of the piece. Dana White says, Khabib Tony has a location. Here's why UFC 249 must go on despite coronavirus pandemic. Dan, what are, what are you talking about? Now, he goes on early on and says, these are not normal times. This could be ordinarily one of the most anticipated fights of the year. All that is true. Um, you know, logistics are not just part of what White is dealing with. Plenty of resistance, he says. Quote, how many times do I got to say this is happening? White told Yahoo Sports' Kevin Ioli. Khabib Tony is on April 18th. It's happening. And this is where Dan Wetzel takes over. Quote, here's hoping so. Even if you've never seen or want to see a cage fight, you should hope so because the public, which is increasingly isolated, excuse me, which is increasingly inside and isolated due to the coronavirus, sure could use it. Dan, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, what is this? Look, if you have, um, there can be all kinds of exceptions to this rule. But if you are a person of means, he's got 300,000 followers on Twitter. You see him in Netflix documentaries. I don't think Dan Wetzel is in the poorhouse. If you are an average American, especially one of means, and you can't handle being inside for more than two weeks, that's tough shit. That's on you. It's an easy thing to do. Can we please stop acting? Like being inside for two weeks where you have Netflix and Disney Plus and your computer and in your phone could take pictures and you have FaceTime and the World Wide Web in front of you and every other thing on earth. 
uh, board games and books and whatever you need, home improvement projects, whatever. That for the again, there's going to be exceptions to this, but for the average person who also, by the way, can work from home, this is some kind of hardship. Toughen up, buck up, little campers. Not that hard. Can we please stop acting like this is World War II and we've all huddled together in the London tube to avoid uh, the Germans bombing us? The Luftwaffe coming in and just dropping ordnance on us and we have to hide underground because that's the solidarity that we have to show. You're all eating pizzas and watching Tiger King. Your life is not hard. And more importantly, where's your fucking head at? If you think that this is the hard part of the coronavirus uh, experience, buddy, I got bad news for you. It's called tomorrow and the day after that. And the week after that, and frankly, probably the next few months after that. Am I taking crazy pills here or is no one listening to what public health officials are saying? This is not going to go away soon, and it for sure is not going to go away easy. And of course, it'd be nice to have sports. I would love to go to a DC United game. I would love to flip on the tube and watch Bradley Beal drop 30 on donks. And I'd love to see Tony versus Khabib. I've spent years talking about this fight. I went to go cover one of the various versions of this that fell out at the last minute. You're going to tell me I don't want to see it? Of course I want to see it. Dude, when we're talking about certain death estimates here, not by me, not by your neighbor, but by epidemiologists, anywhere ranging from the hundreds of thousands to two million, especially if we just reopen up businesses tomorrow, this is an acceptable social cost to you? Only if you're a psychopath. Dan, they sure could use it. No, you know what they sure could use? A book and a little bit of, a little bit of toughness. And it's not that hard. Stop dramatizing it. He goes on, to support the idea of a mid-April fight is not an undercutting of self-distancing, quarantine, or sheltering in place. That's exactly what it is. Either now or whatever will be necessary a month from now. You can be in favor of both. No, you can't, Dan. It's one or the other. That's the entire point. You actually can't. That is exactly the central tension here. It's why every other league, and UFC is not a league, but every other sports entity is doing what they're doing. Because it's a bad idea. To believe that there is a great value in the return of sports is not to take lightly the seriousness of the situation. Yes, it is. The health of the public. Yes, it is. Or the welfare of heroic doctors, nurses, and pharmacists and grocery store workers, first responders. Really? Then why are they telling us to stay the fuck home, Dan? And so many others fighting this on the front line. Dude, that's exactly what it is. What are you talking about? They're not screening for COVID-19, my guy. Are you not aware of this? It's simply to understand that for generations, sports has been seen and even used by governments as a powerful distraction, a morale booster, and normalcy agent during these times of crises, from economic depressions to lengthy wars. Bitch, we haven't seen either of those yet. We haven't even begun to hit economic problems. And while it may be true that there's a socially galvanizing force for sports, You've been eating pizza and watching Tiger King for two weeks. What are you talking about? You're not, you've not faced hardship. For the parents who have kids at home who have to really tutor, that's not easy. That's not the kind of hardship that we're about to face. During World War II, which by the way lasted four effing years, 
they kept Major League Baseball going with old-timers. The NFL combined teams that were light on players so games could continue. A women's professional baseball league was even created. Meanwhile, plays, concerts, parades, and so on were held. Yeah, they did things that they could do with the resources that they had. That's not this scenario. You couldn't do any of those things now, at least not responsibly. The public needs to stay at home due to this virus. Well, apparently not the rest of that public. The public also needs to be entertained. Read a fucking book. It needs something other than COVID-19 to focus on. Yeah, fight pass. It needs something other than the daily press briefings to discuss. Yes, a book. To miss that is to miss the humanity and how this long, lonely, social distancing life is only getting longer and lonelier. You've been doing it a week. (laughs) You've been doing it 10 days, Dan. What are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? There is immense stress, pressure, and uncertainty. Health, family, economic. Wanting something unimportant to focus on isn't minimizing that or dismissing that. It is acknowledging that there are health concerns that go beyond just hospitalization rates. Yeah, well, you're going to get a lot more hospitalization if you keep deciding that certain people aren't bound by public health concerns. The UFC is not for everyone. It is popular, though. And more importantly, it is a sport that seemingly could happen with minimal risk. The NBA or NFL uh, or NHL, excuse me, or MLB might be preferable to more people, but those sports require large numbers of players, coaches, trainers, and so on. There is just no way. The UFC, he says, is different. No, it's not, Dan. You are deeply confused, my guy. It requires at its core just two fighters and a referee. No, it doesn't. There are three judges, but they can be seated far from the octagon. No, they can't. By law, they can't. A handful of camera people surrounding a cage, but even a few or all of them could be replaced by remote control producers. The broadcasters could be pushed back. Dan, seriously, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, wait, did you smoke weed before writing this? I'm not even doing a bit here. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Are you not aware of how any of this works? You have to have people who, ha- by law, have to be there. You have to have a certain number of timekeepers. They have to be seated in the correct positions. The judges cannot be seated far away at all. You have to have your trainers there. You have to have people to help you warm up. You have to have your cornermen there. You have to have UFC staff there. You have to have ESPN staff be there. You have managers who could be there. And that's going to be limited, I understand. But the idea that you have like less than 10 people to make this all work, where you have remote-controlled broadcasters, dude... What are you talking about? Who's going to run the truck that pumps all of this out in the satellite truck? What about the production crew that you have to feed? Like, dude, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. A fighter's corner could be reduced from four team members to maybe two. There'd be a doctor. The entire thing would take place in an empty, sterile soundstage somewhere. Except they're not screening for COVID-19, Dan Wetzel. So it's not sterile at all, is it? There aren't going to be any fans there, White said. This thing is going to be a closed event. Everybody who is going to be involved in this thing is going to be involved because they want to be involved. We've already talked about that. I would like to go to a DC United game. I'd like to go to my local watering hole. I'd like to go take my wife out to dinner. It doesn't matter what you want. What matters is what's right. The undercard could be limited to just four or five fights. Dana says it's going to be full. Training camps require additional coaches and partners, but even that could be somewhat limited. Besides... Guys such as Nurmagomedov, the ferocious Russian, are already training daily in a private gym, probably inadvisably. Everyone could be tested prior. Doesn't seem like they're going to do that, Dan. Everyone could agree to potential quarantine after. I haven't heard any plans about that, Dan. And and when it came to Brasilia or London or any other stuff, they had no plans for that. None. Dana has, in fact, laughed about questions about quarantine. 
The UFC could extend medical protection. They could do a lot of things. The question is not what they're going to do, or rather could do. The question is what they're going to do. There are far more people crowded into your local Costco. Yes, Dan, I am sure that people trying to get resources to feed their families is just as important as watching a fist fight. Great argument. There are ways to do this. Yes, it's called waiting. There is a way this should be done. Yes, by waiting. White spent the last eight days social distancing inside of his own house in Vegas, just like all those Brits in World War II in the London tubes, huh, Dan? He and his company have followed all the directives and orders of Nevada's governor, who he praises for his decisive and firm actions. He also wants to get a fight done next month. It'll be costly. Private planes. By the way, private planes, who said they weren't flying commercial? He, he didn't say that to Kevin Ioli. A likely international location, no tickets sold. He'll still make money, of course. This will be on pay-per-view. The UFC's a business, always nothing wrong with that. There is a public benefit, though, for at least millions of fight fans. A big-time match to anticipate. A sports debate to have with friends and family. A Saturday night where staying at home and watching feels normal. Sometimes, the most non-essential of things can feel very, very essential. Dan, you have officially written the worst column I have ever seen on this situation. And this is from a guy who is normally level-headed. This is a galaxy brain take, and you should be embarrassed and ashamed of yourself. This is not in keeping with the high standard that you have ordinarily kept, and I could not believe that you wrote this. Utterly, incredibly shocking. Wow. What a misfire this one was, my guy. Unbelievable. This is Rick Campbell. Your Tim Legler and myself react to the news that the NBA season has been suspended on Give and Go. You've got to put the brakes on it. Guys have to get tested, quarantined. Not talking about basketball, but talking about life and the impact of it on the great game that we love. It completely sucks. It's the only thing you can do. We really don't know ultimately when or if we're going to get basketball this season. Give and Go weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on NBA Radio Sirius 207, XM86, and on the Sirius XM app. If you guys recall, I think about a week or two ago or something like that, we had talked about doing a movie bracket. And Cobb came out and was like, yeah, we'll get 16 of these and we'll put them all together. The problem is, as we started going through the list, man, there was just more than 16 that I was comfortable including. But we can't, you know, you got to narrow them down at some point, right? So let's bring him in now. Cobb, how many do we officially have on the list for the TLTS? What are we calling this, by the way? The the fight movie challenge or... The TLTS Ultimate Fight Movie Bracket. Ultimate Fight Movie Bracket. Okay. How many do we have? We have 32. It's way too many. <laughs> we, well, we, you know what? You had a million on the bubble, and then people called and gave us more. So that's just how we're going to rock it out. We're going to see which fight movie will reign supreme. We got to get rid of some of these Davidsons, some of these mid-majors, you know what I'm saying? Some of these St. John's. We got to keep the Kentuckys and the Dukes, that kind of thing, you know? For sure. Uh, all right. So, how do we want to do this? What, what is your plan for once it gets to 16, we'll put the bracket up all at once, or what we don't, that's when we'll get the rest of you guys in on this in a very, you know, all, all at once kind of way. We got to piecemeal this out at first. So, what's the plan here, Cobb? So, the plan is going to be we are going to put up two matchups a day. On our Instagram, SiriusXM Fight Nation. That's okay. where you look up on Instagram. All we're right. going to put it up in the stories. You're going to be able to go over there. You're going to be able to vote. And we're going to see which movies move on. All right. Now, which – so I guess that means we're putting up four movies today, right? Two matchups. Cor- correct, sir. 
All right, let's go through them here. Let's talk about it. Well, we can have our own little debate about it, but let's let's see what's up. All right, so the matchups we are going to be putting out today. Let's just go one, one, are, one matchup at a time first. Let's go. Yep, they're going to be – this is the top left corner of the bracket. Uh, we have Rocky Four versus The Last Dragon. Okay, stop there. Let's talk about it for a second. Stop there for okay. a second. Rocky Four. Who was in Rocky Four? That is Stallone, Dolph Lundgren. That's Drago versus Rocky. It's a big one. All right, so Rocky original Rocky was Rocky. What was Rocky Two? Rocky Two is the rematch between Rocky and Apollo. And then the third is Mr. Clubber T. Lang. Clubber Lang. Yep. And then four is I Will Break You. Correct. All right, that's a big one. That's, that's a big set. one. That's why it gets the last dragon. But for the seating, by the way, I, very loosely, I tried to match these up with. I wanted to make sure I didn't have the same genre movie fighting another genre movie, so I didn't want two boxing movies going up against each other. I tried to mix it up so you have an MMA movie versus a boxing movie or a movie that might not be classically about boxing or uh, MMA or kickboxing, but just has a lot of fighting in it. So you have The Raid in there. You have Enter the Dragon, Fight Club, Roadhouse. Those are in there as well. So I, I tried to match up different genres. Okay. Although that doesn't really work as normal seating in a tournament where you have 16-1, 15-2, 14-3. Yeah, it's a little tough, but I tried to just uh, match up. I, our number one, like, remember, as we were doing this, we tried to do like, okay, what are the eight movies we think are definitely in that we have mm -hmm. no question about? Those are the ones I kind of matched up as like our top eight. All right, so we got Rocky Four versus Last Dragon. The Last Dragon, of course, is the last movie Bruce Lee made. Um, I guess did he die on the set of the movie? How did I forget how he died? No, he died. No, no, he died later on. But the yeah. movie I think came out after his death. That's right. That's right. I could be wrong on that though. I'm not no, sure. I think yeah, I think he had a headache one day. He went home on the film of uh, the, the yes. set of some of the film and, and never really woke up. Uh, whatever that, the truth of that is. Uh, okay, wow, that's a tough one, man. Because you've got a classic Rocky movie against maybe the most epic Bruce Lee movie ever made. Which one no, do no, no. you... This, this is, no, no, this is not Enter the Dragon. This is The Last Dragon. Oh, no, no, no. So I'm wrong. So this is the goofy kung fu flick. Yes, with Bruce Leroy and Shonuff. I do like Bruce Leroy and Shonuff. Where he had, <laughs> the, he had the golden halo going around him and stuff like that? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Last Dragon's going to get pummeled. <laughs> Probably. Last Dragon is going to get pummeled. This is an easy call for... Uh, for I mean, Rocky Four is just... Rocky Five. If it was Rocky Five, Cobb... That'd be a different bracket challenge right there. But Rocky oh. Four is one of the best ones. That's why it got a weak seed in The Last Dragon. <laughs> so uh, that's matchup number one. I just want to point out, you also hated The Last Dragon, and to seed it against Rocky Four feels like the, you know, the committee that normally makes these matchups was trying to stick it to lowly George Mason, <laughs> trying to make a run in the tourney. just want to point that out. I did my best to be very fair about these, but you know, usually if you're a low seed, you go against the high seed, so that's the way we're doing it. All right, so that's the first one. What's the other one we're going to put up on Instagram, at SiriusXM Fight Nation? All right, so we have Vision Quest. Okay, versus... all right. D D Dana White's uh, quarantine movie. Yeah, there you go, versus, and I didn't, I've never seen this movie before. This was suggested to us by one of our listeners, and you said go ahead and throw it in. Uh, Vision Quest versus Digstown. Digstown. Um, it's a boxing movie of sorts. Yes. Let me pull that up here if I can, so I can be a little bit fair about the discussion here. Digstown. A nineteen ninety-two film. Uh starring let's see, James Woods, who loves the president very much. 
Oliver Platt and uh, Bruce Dern and Lewis Gossett Jr. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be... What's the other one? Uh, Vision Quest. Vision Quest is going to smoke that. going to smoke that. Um, I think I saw this years ago. Yeah, Lewis Gossett Jr. is the boxer, and he's kind of old and beat up. It's sad. It's a sad movie. <laughs> I've never seen it, so uh, I would think Vision Quest would win, but who knows? All right, can you give us a teaser? Now, how's it going to be? You're going to put up on a story? And people can yes. click left or right. Yeah, you'll see you'll see a poll in the, in the story, and then you can vote on who you want to move on. Got it. Okay, so those are the two. Now those are going to go up when today. Today, those will go up today. All by right. the time this, by the time we air today, this this uh, this bracket should be up there. So right. when people hear this, they know they can go right to at SiriusXM Fight Nation on Instagram, not Twitter, but Instagram, and they can vote there. Correct, sir. And I guess voting will be up as long as the story is up. Something like that. Yes, exactly. So you've got to figure 24 hours. You'll have 24 hours to vote. All right. There you go. Very good, cop. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash Luke Thomas. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Joining me now on the hotline is a Washington, D.C.-based journalist. Covers a number of topics, a lot about the NCAA and amateurism, but he wrote a great article for Vulture magazine called What Will ESPN Do Without Sports? It's Patrick Ruby. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just trying to be socially distant. How about you? I'm doing my best with that as well. How's that effort going for you? Are you finding it manageable day to day? Um, you know, it's interesting. I work from home normally. So on one hand, it's not a big adjustment. On the other hand, like losing out on like the gym, restaurants, coffee shops, just like the little ways that I would break up my day from working at home. It's actually like a really big adjustment, and I, I very much miss those things and realize how much I took them for granted. And look, in the great scheme of what's happening right now, those are not actual real problems. So I feel almost embarrassed to say that. But, uh, but I think the people out there who are listening, who are adjusting to that working from home thing, uh, they'll come to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm the same way. I usually work from home as well, and I, I do miss the ability to just take my wife to dinner, for crying out loud. Um, all right, so let's get to this here a little bit if we can. You wrote this great article. We'll tweet it out at MMA on SiriusXM. Again, the title is, What Will ESPN Do Without Sports? Of course, um, it's interesting. I cover sports for a living. Uh, every day I have to turn in you know, a podcast, a radio show. I do a show for Showtime as well. It's not been easy, but again, these are smaller problems to have. Let me just sort of work a little bit backwards here if I can, Patrick. We've seen mm-hmm. the last week or so how ESPN has dealt with the problem of the missing inventory. How have they done in your mind? I mean, I think they've done about as good of a job as they can. It's a really hard thing. I don't think people, I mean, if you're a sports fan, you might kind of realize this, but in general, the amount of inventory to save, just the sheer amount of programming hours they have to fill now uh, without sports, it's astonishing. Like in March and April alone, there's something like 60 lost 
NBA regular season and playoff games, 28 MLS matches, the whole NCAA women's basketball tournament, a bunch of other stuff. That's just on ESPN, right? I'm talking about ESPN2, ESPNU, uh, the SEC network, all those ESPN affiliated conference networks. Uh, there's, if you go across their entire platform of, of channels, it's, it, it, you know, multiply that by whatever, eight or nine channels. And that's just live sports. Now think about all the other stuff on ESPN. What is it mostly? Uh, it's sports centers and news programming that's kind of mostly built around live sports. And it's a lot of talk and debate shows that are also mostly built around live sports. Now there's other stuff going on that they're always talking about, but most of that is canceled too, with the exception of NFL free agency and maybe the draft is still going to happen. Everything else is totally on hold. So it's not just like the off season where, okay, there aren't games in a particular sport, but you've got all sorts of player movement and other stuff to talk about, hirings, firings, all that kind of stuff. You really have none of that. So they've just got a huge gaping hole. Again, it's not the greatest problem in the world right now, but if you're trying to run the business of ESPN, it's a really big problem. In terms of what the money might be in ad inventory lost, especially in March, where you have March Madness. I mean, there's always big events, I suppose, per month, but that's a particularly big one. Although I recognize it airs on CBS, but still, even for the highlight packages and SportsCenter, um, what, or the other ads built around the MLS games and the other inventory you had mentioned, how much money are we talking about they're losing out on? I mean, it's potentially a lot. Like, now, this is all pretty fluid because, again, it probably depends on different contracts work with different leagues. Um, but a couple of numbers that I found reporting this that I think um, will give you a sense of it. So, in 2018, right, two years ago, ESPN earned an estimated $2.6 billion in ad revenue. Um, they generate about a total of $10 billion in ad revenue, an annual revenue for Disney every year. A lot of that is from all the money we all pay for our cable and satellite TV providers. That's where most of the revenue comes from. But still, that $2.6 billion, that's, a, that's like more a quarter or so of their revenue. Now, I saw a report that just losing the rest of this NBA season, uh, put aside MLS, put aside the women's tournament, put aside everything else, just the rest of this NBA season, tonight in the full season, just what we're losing now, it's going to cost ESPN an estimated $481 million. It's almost half a billion dollars. So it could be a pretty substantial hit, especially over time. And especially, you know, right now I think we're all kind of thinking, okay, maybe the sports world will come back and things will be sort of back to normal in sports in a month, maybe two months. There's no guarantee of that. If you start reading um, all the medical literature, all the, all the reporting on what's happening with the coronavirus and how it's going to affect hospitals and how it's going to spread, and what we're doing and what we fail to do as a country to contain it, uh, I think it's pretty likely this could extend into the fall. We might not see football, which is something people obviously and the sports fans don't want to think about, but I think it's a real possibility, and that would cost a lot of money also to ESPN. When you say cost a lot of money, to what end, right? I mean, um, I, I had uh, Derek Thompson from The Atlantic on my show the other day, and I was asking sort of a broader question, which was, I just feel like the coronavirus, when this is all over, God knows how long it's going to be, right? It's going to take a pound of flesh from every sector. A lot of things will come back. Some won't. In terms of sports mm -hmm. media, and maybe even on the ESPN side specifically, what, I mean, this is highly speculative, I gather, but what won't come back? Like, when they lose out on all of this, what's going to be the first to get trimmed? Is there any kind of way to identify that? 
I think it's too early for that. And I actually, I know a lot of people at the network. I used to, I full disclaimer, I used to work for ESPN, uh, like in the late in the 2000s and some of the early 2010s, uh, mostly on the digital print side. Um, but I know people there, I did ask about that. And honestly, I think that's a concern for everybody that works there. I mean, they've already been through some rounds of layoffs over this last couple of years that were pretty highly publicized. They've expanded in other areas, too. It's not like it's all one, a one-way story with them. Um, but I think nobody there really knows right now. I don't think it's a real concern right now. I think their concern really is trying to like, keep their network running and keeping their people safe, which is where most of us are. Um, but I, someone did something, to me, which is sort of over time, you do wonder if this goes on and cuts need to be made financially. Uh, you do wonder, like any job, any place, any industry, do people realize, oh, we can learn to live without that. And then when companies learn to live without something, it's very rare they decide, let's add that expense again in the future. Mm. And now, like I said, I don't know how to identify what that might be, um, but ESPN might have to choose to identify that over the next couple of months if things don't change. In terms of the sports media side, I have just sort of mm-hmm. anecdotally looked around and I've seen, you know, Colin Coward seems to be doing fine as Studio from home is not as nice, but he's rolling out the content. Fox Sports is putting out the clips. I'm not a listener of the show. I just merely mean who is able to be mm-hmm. nimble in this whole situation. Who have you seen that sort of leaned into this and been able to roll with the punches? I mean, I, 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 if you're talking about ESPN, I actually am pretty impressed with the, the way they were. I mean, look, they're really good, first of all, at pivoting to news. Like, they're still, there's a ton, they get a lot of crap for being kind of like all about like dumb debate and just like entertainer type personalities. And, and, but honestly, they're, they're fully staffed with a lot of really great journalists. And when we had that whole rash of sports leagues closing, everything kind of in chaos, they did an amazing job of pivoting right into that and covering it really, really well. I, I, I can't say enough about that, but they've always been good at that. Um, I think in general, you know, they've been, they've been creative in terms of trying to get uh, beyond kind of news stuff on the air. Uh, you know, what can they do in terms of broadcasting, you know, classic sports type stuff? By the way, a lot of people have said, ESPN, why don't you put on this game from 1986? Or why don't you put on Jordan's Slew game? Or why don't you put on this? And I asked someone there about that. And what people don't realize, the rights to rebroadcast and rerun old sports events are incredibly idiosyncratic. It all depends on a particular contract that was signed. So anytime ESPN wants to show something, even if it's something that ESPN originally broadcast like four or five years ago, someone has to go back, look through all these contracts and figure out what are the exact rights? Can we actually do that? Do we have to pay someone again to do that? Can we show a certain amount of it and not pay someone? Like it's actually pretty complicated. So that's something that is slowing that process down a little bit. Um, But in terms of your question of just who I think is doing well, I mean, I think uh, one thing that's kind of good about ESPN, a lot of sports media is that People that cover sports, even specific sports, are pretty versatile. Um, they're pretty good at sort of switching to, like, today's story, switching to last night's game, to the next night's game, to an injury that was unexpected. Like, if you cover sports, you're constantly covering sort of the unexpected uh, and, and, and the outcomes that just happened and stuff. So I think sports journalists in general are sort of well-trained to think about that and cover things that way. This is a little bit related, but, like, here in Washington, where we both live, the Washington Post has taken, like, half of their sports staff and reassign them to cover coronavirus stuff. And they're very good journalists. They're very versatile. And my guess is that they'll do a great job at that. So far, they've been doing it pretty well. So I do think that you'll see more of that kind of creativity. The one last thing I, I did notice, like around the horn, 
I think they're doing something like around the home where they're like all like Skyping in or, or zooming with each other and doing the same sort of format of the show, just a little more bootleg looking. Um, and look, as long as there's stuff to talk about, right. Whether it's NFL free agency or the Tokyo Olympics being canceled, or even just talking about like what's going on in the news. Um, I think that there's potential there for people who are good at that to sort of stay relevant, keep, uh, entertaining people and keep informing people in a time where, look, a lot of people actually are going to be turning more to the media. Uh, Patrick, let me just indulge, if I may, here. What do you make of the UFC mm -hmm. continuing on now? They had an event in Brasilia. They did no COVID-19 screening whatsoever for it. They went. They, it was behind closed doors, but nevertheless, you know, you have mm -hmm. trainers, doctors, uh, ESPN staff, UFC personnel, commission personnel. No one at the in the entire arena was screened for it. Um, they were trying to put on an event in London. They had to cancel it, but my knowledge is, to my knowledge, they did not have any uh, plans to screen for COVID-19 there, and they had two subsequent events they had to sort of postpone as well. Now, they plan to go ahead with a long-anticipated fight on April 18th. We don't know where, uh, and we don't know if they have any intentions on COVID-19 screening. Dana White has lashed out the media for the criticisms. I, I got to tell you, I find it one of the most bad. I mean, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because the rest of the sports world recognizes that these kinds of things are terribly inadvisable and against public health. And yet ESPN seems all too willing to air their content. I mean, look, <laughs> there's contracts there. There's money there. I mean, there, there's something where there's, like, we got the contract. We might as well show it. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not praising ESPN for like showing that fight from Brazil, but like what else were they really going to do? Especially when things were moving that fast, were they going to tell Dana White, you know what, have your fight, but we're not going to show it. We're going to show two hours of dead air where people like scolding you. I don't, I don't know what kind of decision ESPN could have really made there. In terms of Dana White and UFC, you know, <laughs> it seems like it's pretty on brand for him, particularly if you add in that way. I think he did say something reportedly how he talked to President Trump and President Trump told him everything was going to be okay. I don't know. That was a week or two ago. Um, but I personally feel like, look, it would be one thing if they had, like you said, some sort of very strict testing in place, some sort of extremely limited staffing, some sort of very, you know, as safe as possibly and responsible as possibly could be where public health officials who understand how to potentially do something like that and put a fight on in this situation are in charge and setting up the protocols and following them to a T. You know, you could make another argument whether or not that's sort of a good message to be saying to people. But if there was, if there is, and I don't know if there really is, but if there is possibly a way to do this safely, sure. You know, I'm not going to totally say against that. You know, if you could do stuff safely, we should still be trying to do stuff. But it's pretty clear that they weren't trying to do it that way. They were just being stubborn and just doing the bare minimum to try to look okay. And that's not right. They shouldn't be doing that. I agree with you. That's pretty crazy. And if they can't get it together, and it might not be possible, but they can't get it together from a public health perspective, they shouldn't be having fights. It's not that complicated. Uh, Patrick, this was a great article. We'll tweet it out at MMA on SiriusXM. If folks want more of your work, because obviously you do a lot more than just this, how can they get it? Uh, you can go to my website. It's patrickruby.net. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Patrick underscore Ruby. That's Ruby with an H. Uh, and, you know, you can find me on Washington Post Magazine, uh, The Vulture, all sorts of places. I kind of write all around. So, you know, uh, and look, if you want to reach out, anything you heard today you like, you don't like, you want to argue with me about, you can contact me through my website. Happy to talk to you. There it is. Patrick Ruby, thank you so much for your time, and uh, enjoy the, self, uh, the, self, the social distancing, sir. <laughs> thank you for having me. Take care. 
Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at L Thomas News and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.